When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Band of History. Today, I am bringing you an interview with California rock band Miss Henry. I had the chance to sit down with them a little bit ago and talk to them about uh, a cool upcoming project. If you're not familiar with Miss Henry, a few years back, they did a very intensive tribute to the last waltz that was remarkable, and that was when I was first introduced to the group. Well, over the last year and a half to two years, uh, dealing with the trials and tribulations of the pandemic, they're finally getting back out on the road with their latest tribute to the band, music from the band, featuring an evening with Miss Henry and the Fresh Veggies Micro Brass, and they're going to be performing music from the entire band's catalog. Um, these guys are really remarkable. I had a great time sitting down with them and learning a little bit about their history, their influences, what made them love the band, and what led them to go back out on the road and perform band music. So this is my interview with Miss Henry. I'm going to start off with one question just to kind of set the stage a little bit. So from my understanding, this band and this iteration here came together in 2012, if I'm correct. And if so, when you guys came together, almost, what, that's almost a decade ago now, um, what was the intention behind the band? Well, so technically we all came together playing together in 2015. 15. But it's 2015. The band I did start in 2012, though. Um with two two other lineups that brought us to here sure. that stuck. So since 2015, we've been playing together. Although we've been playing previously in diff- with one another in different formations. Um, but we played for the first time, all of us together in 2015. And, awesome. Uh, we've been playing together since. Okay, so coming together then from those different lineups and different iterations, you know, I think I'm a musician myself. I've played a lot. 
you know, when you, when you finally get that group together and that magic starts to happen a little bit, what was, what was that moment for you guys? When did you know that, you know, this was going to be like a solid group? You guys have your own style. You've been doing it for a while. What was it? What, what was the combination there that kind of got you, uh, yeah, kicking down doors and taking names? <laughs> I think it's more of a, I don't know. Well, yeah. that, that first tour we did yeah. really kind of solidified. So uh, I don't know what year was that, Dan. But 2015. That was oh, 2015. We went on a short <laughs> run up to the Northwest and back. And, uh, you know, at the time, I was the kind of newest uh, member playing drums. Chad Lee here. That's my name. And, uh, you know, as we were going, we were playing songs that weren't totally written out yet. And we were trying stuff out and experimenting and also kind of playing off of each other and, you know, had some really amazing experiences, uh, in Newport, Oregon. And, uh, and when we got back, we actually made volume one and volume two. And I feel like it just solidified, like, all right, let's just take everything we just did from the road and solidify it into some wax. And then after that, we kind of just kept evolving, you know, from, from there. But uh, the guys, the other guys have had played previously for at least a year or two. And then and we, had, we had played together for a year in another band. That's right. That's right. And uh, um, the first time we played together, though, we actually did a cover of Bob Dylan's Man and Me. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was for it was uh, it was for a show we were going to do two days later. That another drummer that was in the group, his name's actually Alan Ritter, who was he was uh, a drummer in a, a in a previous lineup at the end of 2013 with Blake and I, um, along with a Japanese drummer. There were two drummers in the group at that time, um, but uh, yeah, Japanese guy Nabuko Kamatsu, who was amazing and beautiful and Love talented. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we played, and it just, in my opinion, it clicked. Of, of uh, just the sound. I mean, maybe more in the, you know, definitely a nod to the Super Sessions, Bloomfield, um, you know, Bloomfield Cooper sound. Um, but it just clicked. And then I think from then, that, I mean, we literally, from that day, and then we did a show the next day. And, it's, and now we're here. Awesome. So, like, when you guys were figuring out that sound and kind of like trying to lock things in, what were some of the influences that you guys were looking for you mentioned slightly there the whole bloomfield thing but like was who were you looking at or were you guys like fuck it we're just gonna do whatever we want are we bringing all different influences obviously we all like different music but were, was there any kind of uh through line in terms of musical taste nothing premeditated it's been like largely my favorite thing about a lot of rock and rolls is reactionary we react to what's happening so we all come from with our vocabulary and experiences what we have and then we jumbled us together and kind of went went at it from there. I don't know if we ever had like a, an idea of the sound or the approach that we would take. And you know, and it evolves too. It gradually takes form and shifts and moves around. Yeah, it, and it continues to evolve in a sense of as we've, you know, as, as any band goes, the more you stick together and play together, the more you understand what one another does and yeah, you all sync up, you all go through different elements of life and, you know, breakups, marriages, um, you know, uh, births, deaths, all of the above, um, you know, and reaction and, and action. And, um, you know, we got to learn all, all of our influences, which are, you know, a, a 
across the spectrum. We're all we're all in our thirties, um, and uh, we kind of all grew up in the nineties. So for you know a, a band playing music now, it's we can't escape all the influences of, of you know whether it's Green Day or Soundgarden or Prince or Madonna or you know or Outkast or the band or Led Zeppelin or you know or Muddy Waters or BB King or Freddie King or Gangstar. You know, yeah, Elton John. Uh, uh, morphine, Primus. Uh, we we we've been a, we've been sponges, very well soaked, mm-hmm. moist sponges that keep soaking <laughs> in more and more influences, and and we've just grown in our communication together, um, and bringing those, and you know, a constant evolution of that. I, I'd say we're in the middle of that. And, uh, there was never any headlines yeah at the end of the day there was no like we will never it was more of like a uh let's try it and we collectively if we try something we're all like yeah no we would not do it but if we all tried it and we were all like hell yeah let's do this then we we did and sometimes that took us to different feels and vibes and and uh you know colors of sound but like never did we limit ourselves by saying well we won't be something Right, but collectively, we just kind of did what we all one fourth did, you know. Yeah, no, that's interesting because if you look at some of your music, and you know, I obviously had the chance to to listen through a lot of it. You can sense, you can sense that there is a blend. There are songs that are vastly different than others, and it's like, you know, it's like sticking your hand in like a box of candy, and <laughs> you might pick something out, but you, you're never really going to know kind of what you get. It's kind of like the Forrest Gump thing now, as I'm saying it. But uh, um, yeah, you got some Sour Patch Kids in there. You got a little bit of everything. Um, that's I think that's what makes music obviously interesting. And, you know you have obviously the challenge i want to i want to swing it a little bit because i'm interested in your guys's take on this too um prior to anything that was happening pre-covid and stuff you know there's always tons of challenges as a band not only musically pushing yourselves but playing shows getting out there building a fan base and all of that with covid obviously we saw a lot of kind of the main income streams or the ways bands communicate with their fans or get inspiration to make music, go out on the road, all that kind of stop temporarily. And we really had to collectively as artists rethink a lot of how we were tackling things. You guys kept really busy. What was important for you during the last year and a half, both as a band um, in terms of like keeping that morale up and then also like, continuing to create how did you approach that well i think our main goal was to make sure that we kept moving that we didn't stop in any way so you know we were hit with a a big roadblock kind of like everyone was we were about to head out on the road had a story like that like many bands had you know got one date into our tour before the you know everything got shut down and got canceled um so we've always been a group that works well together and is able to pivot together with any situation. You know, and we seem to have the most random and uh, sometimes catastrophic things come our way. And it's, they're, 
faced in front of us and we say, okay, how are we going to, how are we going to deal with this? How are we going to, you know, we expect it. We hoped for this situation. Now we're here. Um, so our main goal was to, was to keep going, you know, and how do you do that? Obviously when you're all supposed to be split up and apart. So we, you know, we had a little time where we were kind of alone with ourselves and then we started to create uh, some content with some puppets and a show called The Medicine Show that incorporated some of our live music um, and then, and puppets, of course. <laughs> of course. And then from there, we just knew we had to keep creating. So we sort of created our own little pod and uh, started recording some music and shifted to doing some work in the studio. Yeah, that makes sense. The shift to studio, I think, you know, a lot of bands did that. And, and that's interesting because I think out of COVID, you have some some of the best music coming out right now. Just because people were, you know, reflective or had the chance to slow down and really kind of let things kind of soak in. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I know for myself as a creative individual, you have all this anxiety, you're, you're rushing around. And then I'm sitting there March, April, June, July, whenever it was, and I'm just like, I'm like a faucet. I just turned on and like stuff started coming out, ideas, songs, stuff for the podcast, you know, all this different kind of stuff started coming out. Did you guys find that the same way? Cause again, you were super productive. If you just like open up like Spotify and check out your page, like you have a lot of music coming out. You had, a, you were doing a lot of stuff. So did you find you were kind of feeling the same way about that? I don't think we could have done it without that break. Yeah. I don't think it would have happened. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah. No. We've yeah. always worked hard as a group, but have all also had <laughs> a lot of individual projects going on. So sometimes it would be, you know, we work on Mrs. Henry for a little while here, and then one of us is off on tour with a different group or something like that. So it kind of takes a mini hiatus. So this was really the first time since 2015 where um all we had to do and really think about was mrs henry and we could we could just you know i play with a lot of different groups and all those groups all stopped so it was just the first time we could actually like focus on just one band and then yeah the creativity started flowing um we're talking monday through friday pretty much like <laughs> noon to 10 p.m every day yeah we, and we, then occasionally we throw in a saturday and then we were like, you know, and it was, it was, that was it. Cause what a trip. We, we just, you know, everyone kind of stopped working, but we like double time. Yeah. We, <laughs> when everyone else was like taking it off, we were like, let's take it. And only because we had the time to do it. You know, yeah. We really said, well, we might never get this time again. Let's just utilize it and make a record, you know? Yeah. I want to bring some, some points that you've been saying together. So first of all, you said, you know, you, you really feel like, you've grown a lot you and then a lot of the other acts that you guys were playing with or other things that you were doing kind of stopped what did you ultimately learn about yourselves as a unit in the past year and a half then um you must have learned something just because now the focus is here and it you know things have shifted if you had to distill it down to like one thing or maybe a few things because there's a few of you guys it might be different for everybody but um what are some of the things you learned about that during that period? I say perseverance. Yeah. It's the, the, the real taste of like, man, I'm fucking tired. I'm tired. And I just want to, you know, chill. But 
we got to keep going. Yeah, we were working you know? pretty hard in the studio. We were we were pushing ourselves, but we um, one thing for sure that we really locked down was a very extra tight work ethic. Mm -hmm. And again, we had always you know worked really well together and things like that, but but just really with with the studio time, it was like all right, this is this is our job. We're going in here. And, you know, we, we started every session with vocal warm ups just to get ready. And sometimes we would sing all day long. We'd arrange harmonies. We did a lot of writing in the studio. So I think we really learned how to, how to work in that way and how to know, okay, when an idea is working, when an idea is not working, when to, okay, let's shift to a different part of the song and come back to this. Um, and I think we got really efficient mm -hmm. with how we were recording and we were able to accomplish a lot in, I mean, it was a lot of time <laughs> as well, but we were able to accomplish a lot in that time. Yeah. yeah. Basically from June 1st, 20, uh, 2020 to June 1st, 2021, we were recording in the studio, uh, 10 or noon to 10, sometimes 10 to 10. Uh, five days a week and uh living together at airbnbs or live or basically it here for we lived for from december until june uh lived in basically airbnbs in la for super cheap because nobody was doing anything which was right. great you know? <laughs> um and uh I, one thing i'd say that we learned huge was all about all of our voices and more everyone's <laughs> personalities and characters coming alive um in our recordings and our, our new recordings and i i'd say i learned a ton about myself as a singer um and about everyone in the band as a singer and a musician um which is yeah that's really beneficial yeah but from vo vocal warm-ups and that i mean that's just a part of now the routine and the way we yeah. do it we've um, seen the good of it we know like yeah. if we go in there we try to sing for 10 hours and you don't warm up you're gonna blow yourself out right away and it sound is good yeah. and you were there enough consistently where you absolutely could hear the difference which coming in from my perspective a little novice you can absolutely hear the improvement and the discernible difference that's There's awesome like no question. well now we have to like yeah. it's not gonna sound good <laughs> yeah. and you're gonna blow your voice out yeah. it's not like oh maybe no it will <laughs> or if you blew your voice out, how to, I found like when I blew my voice out, how to use that as a you know I I've tone. got yeah the tone like how to use my own rasp that I can have on my voice uh, for uh, for the betterment like how can I sing when I have no voice? Interesting. We could design a set <laughs> when we blow our voices <laughs> out. Oh, we're singing this. Song. Yeah. It's gonna get really dirty. So bring it back around to something my audience knows really well, which is the band. The first time I think I came across you guys is I don't really know how it happened, but we got chatting and you guys kindly sent me um, your beautiful three LP vinyl set of the last waltz performance. And um, I remember where I was when when you guys messaged me sending it out. I was I was about to go see a buddy play at this show on a Friday night, I'm pretty sure. Might've been a Saturday, Friday, Saturday. I was at this place called the Black Bull, downtown Toronto. It was just this bar. We were grabbing a drink before and you guys sent me a DM. And I was like, to my wife, I was like, wow, look, these guys are gonna send me this vinyl. With, I'm stoked. And we're like, I really don't know what to expect. So 
Um, it came in the mail a few weeks later. I popped it on and I was like, wow, this is, this is phenomenal. Not only the performance, which is robust, obviously, as we know, like it's, there's many songs, there's all of the, the guest performances, there's all this stuff. Uh, the production was great. Just everything, the full nine yards, you guys did the vinyl and everything. Take me back a little bit to, there's so many questions here, but we'll start why the band why the last waltz for you guys you you were just talking about all of the different kind of influences and artists that you like and they run the gamut and the band similarly liked a bunch of different artists and it ran the gamut is that the connection there what was it for you guys and the band well uh, you know the band i mean the name yeah the name the name mrs henry comes from a bob dylan basement safe song please mrs henry and uh you know uh on a personal note, the, you know, the initial, you know, even spur or spark or something and admiration that I think we all have for the band was uh, the personalities of it. Like, you know, just like any of a lot of classic bands, you can look at the Beatles, it's, you know, hey, there's four personalities right there. But, but everyone revered the band because those four personalities were, or those five personalities in the band, excuse me, were we're all equals unto each other and each one individual uh, on an individual level, um, just as talented as you could be in their given field of what they did. And so, you know, one of the things I think that is uh, just bloomed in this band is, is, is that talent. I mean, from the first day we ever played, it was like, oh, wow, this is everyone can do is really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And then, the singing aspect just all of a sudden took off. The first time I ever played with Jody, I never knew he sang. And, uh, I and, the, and I never I knew he sang. Did you ever explain, yeah. oh man, you're a ripping keyboard player. And then I remember, yeah. I he said like, actually, my voice is my first instrument. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jody's been singing longer than any of us. He's been singing, he sang for the Queen. I uh, did sing for the Queen. The Queen nice. Last kid, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and we all taught Jody. I mean, in much of ways, we uh, there's uh, many parallels I see in just of a of a band that stays together for longer than you know the normal span of a band, which sure. is you know usually you get together, you explode, and then usually those particles don't return. You know? <laughs> for us, they can explode and then they get bigger and then we explode and it gets bigger and we do the same. It's like but, King Crimson, but the cast doesn't change. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's weird and shifting. But like we all have. have Hair, you know, embrace roles, hair roles like like Jody. It was a, a for you know just as much as Garth Hudson was a, a teacher to the band of of uh, music theory and, and arrangements. All the same, Jody was a teacher of us on on our our instruments, a voice, how to sing, how to mm-hmm. how of us how to grow as singers. Um, and a lot of that connection from the initial inception of the band of Mrs. Henry was that of a band of of, of equals that pushed each other and and and. Uh, and but also that brotherhood spirit, um, as we've all been through a lot together and continue to, and can even through a pandemic be like, yeah, we're on the we're on the we're on the we're on the other side of it now. We're going through. Fingers crossed, right? We're all we're we're pushing through. Um, but that you know those initial parallels, all of us knew the band's music to some extent. Whether that was literally one of the first shows the the week before we did our first tour together. We uh, did a show where we played the wait at a, a Shack and OB a backyard party. At a backyard party. Yes. Um, 
and uh, that was a video that we had. We used to have that video up on YouTube for a while, it's, but it was still up on YouTube. It's still, oh, it's still someone's there. got it. Someone's got it. <laughs> but it's us doing the weight, and that was even before we had the B three. Um, the yeah, the B, the, the organ, the, and the, the whole. I mean, we've just as a band, we've grown. Of not only our gear has grown, but our our story is definitely. We got some more pages in there, some more chapters together. So nice. You know, just an affinity for that. I don't know, spiritual connection, you know, to that. So I'm going to throw somebody on the hot seat here. Out of, out of you four guys there, who who knew the band the least at the beginning? No, no, okay. no, 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 Really? Okay, so oh yeah, I knew barely anything. I knew I knew the hits, mm. which was like two in my brain. But, yeah, but the, the hits on the kid. The hits on the kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Blake and I were probably the most. Uh, I was familiar. I was familiar. It's funny how how little I knew about it, and I remember. But I remember how iconic it seemed to be throughout, and it just something that I always saw floating around, but I never really knew what it was. Yeah. I inherited the music of my brother and my father, and so I didn't have that exposure. But I had a lot of everything else, so just a, there was a gap that I didn't know I had. And then, but I always heard Martin Scorsese, and I always, you always saw that iconic cover everywhere since you were a kid. Yeah, I just didn't need to ask what the hell it was. No, so no, this- I'm the same way. Like I, I've told this story before. I well, I was I was like a metal kid first of all, so like I was a purist too. So it was it was like everything else sucked if it wasn't hard and it didn't have like crazy polyrhythms and shit. Then I didn't care. Um, and I had heard the weight multiple times because it was played on the radio up here in Canada. We have the um, CRTC, like you have to play a percentage of Canadian music, so the weight's always always on the radio. Um, and I hated it. Like I was like, this is the worst song ever. Um, and uh, it wasn't until years later that I, I came to appreciate it, right? So it's like no shame there. But yeah. with that, what is it then? Let's let's go into it a little bit deeper before we, we go into The Last Waltz because obviously The Last Waltz is like the pinnacle. It's the legacy piece. Um, if we had to really nail down some of our favorite band tunes or why certain band members are you know influential uh, on, on the music – Let's let's pin that down. I, I'll throw it to any of you if you want to talk either about a song in particular or about a certain member of the band that really does it for you. I'm totally in love with Richard Manuel. I think that guy is you know, the heartbreak of a story and the shit that he does with what he poured into it is incredible. The more you know about him, it's just it's heavy business. Yeah. No, Richard, Richard's my favorite as well. So, like, I get that connection there. I think he is for a lot of folks, like, as as is all the others. But there's something about Richard that, you know, just always tugs at you. Yeah. Richard, I, it's funny. That's actually my favorite. I don't know why. I just, I love Whispering Pines. It's an amazing, beautiful song. His voice and this whole story and the spirit and the soul he puts into it is, and just that nature that the guys all saw him as. So he was the singer of the band. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was the singer. He, you know, they were like that. That dude's the dude that can sing. Um, but you know, the I mean, I love just another whistle stop. But I mean, uh, but in just saying that song because it's kind of a the oddity on you know 
of stage fright or whatnot. It's great. I mean, there's a great performance of it at Wembley Stadium. Yeah. Um, I love to watch, but uh, it's pretty ragged, but it's amazing. But uh, the the thing I love of it is Danko's bass, he's so and he's weird. totally playing this the weird fretless bass and mm-hmm. just all that just you know that strawberry wine. Whereas I mean, Danko such a character on his voice, but uh, sorry, I'm now saying all the bands. Yeah, I guess he said manual that Danko with that this what a tone and also underplayed but this also amazing yeah well rhythm for days rhythm for days strange strange really funky dude yeah no it's a, it's a it's a I know that performance that whole Wembley performance is actually really interesting you can find footage of it online too for folks that haven't uh, haven't checked it out yet but um, yeah there's just the the culmination of all this weird shit all together just works in so many ways that you can't really kind of it's hard to replicate and and that's 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 a question too for you guys you know you take on this on well maybe walk through the first of all the performance and setting up this show but then later i'm assuming did you guys have the idea in mind to record it and put it out later initially well, no i don't think well again no. well i mean I, if we back up just a little bit at, yeah. at some point this this group of four, we were playing these three-hour gigs, sure, and um, we were calling them the mothership, which was a, a, this whole night that we were just playing our uh, our songs, and then we were doing covers, and we were all, ironically having people come up and join us, They're friends of ours, and yeah, and and we were doing these big, big old gigs at local bars and just having a big old blast. And while we were doing that, we were also throwing in band covers, and somewhere down the line, somebody told somebody that like oh hey this person was like we want to throw a last waltz show and they were like i know the band these guys are killing it and they they do the songs very well so it kind of came down the line from us playing band songs on our own accord that people were taking notice and then they, they we kind of got thrown out this uh, opportunity to to do the thing and at the time we were all neck deep in studio and recording and setting up tours and uh, we I, honestly, like most of us were all like, no, we're not doing this show. Like we cannot do this. And Jody over here was the one to be like, guys, I think this is going to be a good idea. And we all stood back for a second because Jody's very quiet until he speaks up. And then we were like, we all like, damn, all right, well, hold on. And then we thought about it. And we're like, I think we can do this. And it kind of then opened up the doorway for all of us to really dive in in the catalog really embody each individual in that band, really do our homework and study. And then it just kind of started to evolve into that show. And, uh, you know, which had its weird fundamental and premise in the band from the beginning. So it was almost like the band grabbed us and said, you, you guys got to do this. (laughs) We didn't really have a choice. And we, you know, luckily one of the guys said, I feel like we should do this. Yeah. Or you or we have to do it. We have you know, to do this. Yeah. No. yeah. It's like Yeah, I no remember one. it reaching yeah, as legend would have it, uh, pretty much <laughs> pretty much reaching a point where it was like, No, we're not gonna do it. We don't have enough time to pull up to pull it off the way we would wanna do it, you know, and, and, and all these things. And I remember being there a lull in the conversation and kind of being like, Well, I think I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, to quote uh, the great doctor, uh, Matt Rebinac, you know, 
if I don't do it, somebody else will. Right. <laughs> so there was this thought of like, well, this might be a thing that will happen, and we, if anyone's going to do, do it, it right. yeah. it's got to be us. So yeah. it's, it can't be somebody else that's going to come and do it. Like yeah. we are, you know, the like Dan was pointing out before. You know, the parallels, you know, between us as groups and just the influence they've had on us. It was like, no, we've. I think we've got to be the one to do it, and you know fast forward to doing it and we all pretty much lost our minds pulling it all together. <laughs> um, and it was an incredible task, you know, uh, both mentally and physically. We were practicing yeah. so much. I've never before that or since then I've ever gone to sleep and I've actually was rehearsing while sleeping. I was in my, <laughs> I was dreaming and I woke up and it wasn't like I was, Oh, the springs became snakes. No, I was just running. And like, <laughs> like, so I woke up and like, Oh yeah. Huh. <laughs> it was in three, and basically in the span of, like, I think it was September, like, August, September, like, confirming, okay, we're going to do this. It was like, um, okay, now from end of September, we can finally actually start rehearsing, because one of us is on tour. Mm-hmm. You were on tour in Europe or something. I think you were playing with Pat, or at that time, or I was on tour with Alan Rand. Um, and then we we're finally like, okay, we got like two months to actually prep for this thing. Um, and 30 plus songs um, to play. And I mean, even myself being maybe at the time uh, the most fluent in the band's catalog, hadn't played all of that. So I never played yeah, a band yeah. before in my life. Um, you know, we had songs that we were like, oh, we got shape on this. We'd already been playing Shape of Men for like five years. So sure. We're good. Because we had done it with yeah. Nabucco and, and we had done it back in 2013. We had done, like, we knew the wait. Okay, we got the, we got the wait. Uh, like Acadian Driftwood, all these outliers. Yeah, we're, we're just like, like, oh my what? God. Like, yeah. like, what? And we started like adding, like, we were like, we started off with the bass in our songs and we were like, okay, are we really going to add an influence? Are we going to do it? Are we going to do it? And like, next thing you know, we were like, Okay, last song we're adding, Acadian Driftwood, the week before the show. Okay, we are going to do this. And now we're at we're at a solid three hours and change now of the set. That, like I said, there's little nuances. Each and even the blues, and even the blues, the blues stuff is not just necessarily a blues. Like, yeah, they have a way that they did it. Yeah, that we wanted to give reverence to, if you will, or like yeah. a, a respect to, like, hey, we want to. Whether or not that was the way they chose to play it that night, we then saw it as like, well, let's just start with, let's play it the way that they, like, we made sure, you know, I'm going to play, you know, from a guitar point, uh, guitarist point of view, I could say, I was like, I'm going to pinch, do pinch harmonics on the guitar for every solo is going to have these. these Maybe a little too many. Like he's gonna do a kick drum on like every downbeat. Oh yeah, like, that's it on every every beat, you know, and because that's how they were playing at mm-hmm. that time, you know, and that's and and that like challenge and that like okay, like let's all all of us invent and then also too lyrically let's learn all these stories and. Luckily, what was great about it was the guests and having the guest element. So we're like, oh, okay, we don't have to learn all the lyrics to Coyote. Somebody is going to do that. That's yeah. But even then, it was like our brains trying to process, you know, that much material. And, and, and we were very specific. Like, we're not going to have music stands. 
we're not going to have, we want to go up there and play it and sing it and do it the way that the band would do it. Right. Live, live it. Not like, you know, spirit animals, you know, like yeah. we're going to our yeah, we have a song, yeah. like every song's own little weird universe. Yes. And every person that's yeah. contributing is their own little weird universe. Deceptively their own little universe. Like it's yeah. like oh, man. Yeah. trickier than you would think mm-hmm. that they would be. You got to remind yourself of the there's things are like an extra bar half bar thing here that goes with the chorus and then yeah just two choruses and just it makes it's, no difference as a hunting song to perform <laughs> yeah it's it's tough because you brought together like you know i guess all of these musicians for the most part uh had a connection to the band in some way but that didn't mean that musically they were even overly similar or that they you know shared that so like you're adding a whole new layer of just sensibility on top of it. And it's tough. Like I've seen a lot of last Walt shows. I've seen really good ones and I've seen really shitty ones. Um, Likewise with covers, it's really fucking hard to cover the band because you've got all these distinct voices. You have this excellent musicianship um, that's on display and it's kind of bringing everything together. You guys do it exceptionally well. What were, You've mentioned it, but what were some of the most challenging moments or like some of the things that happened that was happening behind the scenes in this, you know, condensed period of time, you're trying to figure it out, you're getting guests on there, you're doing all the songs, like what were some of the most challenging parts, things that you still have nightmares about to this day, or was it, was it easier than you thought? I think people, I'd say, uh, you know, uh, not necessarily, because at the time it was, it was working with, it was working, it was, it was, it was not our idea, but we were also the perfect band to be doing this. So working with a venue, mm. having their ideas and being like, no, we're not going to do that. Or like, I guess we have to do this because if we want to do this, we got to have compromises. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing, but like, you know, I'd say now in, in a, in a different light, having done most recently, having a, another shot, another dance, another yeah. waltz at it, um, that being a little caveat of like oh we gotta work we 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 know we've always had a motto like whatever the situation is we're gonna make it work and we did and and within those parameters that was a challenge of all logistics keep in mind too we're also after we get our rehearsal going flying up places going on local radio stations to promote it to make sure we can get people like, what was the last Union time? doing the you know the local, local paper, paper article go radio. on to kpbs and do an interview thing to go do it we were trying to promote it mm. and also produce it <laughs> at a premier venue learning this incredible uh, legendary material at the highest level and then we're still boots on the ground going and putting up flyers on intersections yeah. too in addition to rehearsing and making sure everything worked like yeah. a lot apart from actually playing the show it was like mm. everything else was added stress yeah. of like we got to make sure that this is there's people there. There's people yeah. in the room. Like it doesn't matter how yeah. great we play. If no one's there, then we can't share the experience. You know, like you know. In I don't general, think people like, people don't realize that sometimes. I think too, especially for for bands, like it's a blue collar job. Like you're, you're working your ass off, right? So it's like you're putting up the flyers, you're doing the promo, you're doing all the tweaks, you're doing social media, you're you know you're doing everything, and that starts being that starts consuming more time than the music does a lot of the time. And you're just kind of going insane. Um, Is there a particular performance on the night that you guys really look back at and relish? Like this was, 
you know, this was the crown jewel of the the performance. It's probably different for all of you guys, but was there some that you were like, damn, this is this is this is really good? I got it. You got one of those? Uh, yeah, the one. Well, there. I mean, there there was a few. There was definitely some in that first show. Some real highs and some real some lows for each of us. <laughs> whether it showed to the audience or not but just yeah. but yeah some you know technical issues things like that oh, but yeah. but as a as a, a high one i mean i mean i can feel the warmth of like the night they drove old dixie down oh, just yeah. hearing that i mean adding the brass into this yeah. you know just alone just the mixing of that just adds mm. such a massive sound and with the harmonies, I can still remember that first show, just hitting those choruses, and and the crowd was magical that night. You know, like like we were saying, we're learning these songs, we're promoting, we but we had no idea who was going to be at this show, um, no idea at all. So it kind of far surpassed everyone's expectations. So just kind of to hear the reaction from the crowd and to see all generations of people kind of singing and just like really rooting for us you know it was like we couldn't really do anything wrong because people were supporting us and giving us such a positive energy so the night they drove old dixie down was crazy um uh it makes no difference was wild you know as uh that's the third song in the set yeah in the show it comes so early and it's such a different and such an epic beautiful song and uh, I can even tell in my voice, you know, I've been performing since I was six years old, but I can tell in my voice and singing it that it was almost a little shaky. I could tell I was like, not so much nervous, but just like there was so much energy of just like, whoa, this is really happening now. And I'm getting chills just thinking about it now. Um, so I, remember, just, I remember looking yeah. down after the second song and seeing it, it makes a difference. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. That went so quick. Because it was just like, oh my god, now we're here, and now before you know it, someone's counted off, and we're like, we're like, oh wait, no, wait, no, oh I gotta do it, like I gotta do it. There's no, there was no like, hold on a second, let's restart. It was, it was, we have, we gotta do it, we do it, and but like Jody said, everyone was rooting for us, and in a in the weirdest weird cosmic way, it was just like, you know, there's there was somebody that night who ate the turkey dinner, and there was there was somebody <laughs> at, our, at our last waltz that was at the original last waltz, so we were like. Wow, we had this we like, on time. Stage. He wow. was on yeah. stage. Because yeah, yeah. he, he, I shall be released. He came yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. It's like, wow, that's so cool. Like, we <clears throat> we got to experience. I don't know how many times that happens, too. Because obviously, we're not the first band to ever perform the last waltz or under, you know, do this show. But, like, you know, we got blessed with the fact that we had somebody who was actually tied in with the first, you know, with, that was at this show, at this Crazy. thing. And kind of carry. So we actually had a connection to the original one. It's beautiful. I had a moment with um, Acadian Driftwood, <clears throat> which is a song I certainly had never played before that night um, live. But I'll never forget, I was singing. It's just one of these moments I can't get out of my brain. And it was the, the line over what went down on the plains of Abraham. And I like opened my, I was singing and I opened my eyes and looked and there's this dude with a beard, like, like it's coming out of his mouth. Right. I was singing it, I'm just like, it's like he's a Muppet, like we're like, <laughs> like in synchronicity. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. M- several times, even on this most recent performance we did, I got to look down and watch people who knew every single word. I mean, there was a woman who knew every word, coyote. every dance of coyote. She yeah, was yeah, saying yeah. coyotes 
word for word, phrase for phrase. Right. You know, her, you know, it was, yeah. yeah. What a cool thing to be playing for a crowd that is that in love with the band. Yeah. 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 It's like, oh, wow, they're singing their ass off and like just. Yeah, yeah, you bring together an interesting collection of people. I remember the first time I saw it live, a band performed it in Toronto at the Horseshoe Tavern, and they did the whole nine yards. And it's crazy. You get a collection of people, young and old, and like people having Levon tattoos or doing this and that. People are buying each other beers and just like belting out every single lyric of the song. It's like, it's a religion to some people, The Last Waltz. Yeah. It's a tradition. Um, it's something that people have such emotional attachment to for whatever reason uh for them you know so that's that's what has made it special now you guys you guys minted it on 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 vinyl as well so quickly how did how did that happen then so you do this show it's like you must have had a moment of like you're done you're like holy shit this is over like we did it now we're gonna throw it on three set lp here how did that come about i mean well we we record it and we're lucky that the recording worked. Yeah. And we're lucky that, uh, you know, we had some crazy, um, like I said, very, uh, parallels with how the even original show went of that. We had people there who last minute were able to film it and document it, yep. but like cameras were breaking, uh, literally a dude's camera literally broke like fried the pixel die or like his camera just like oh, done. Uh, it went down to one camera at the end of the night that was still running and like all these things. And we just kind of saw, well, it feels like we're supposed to now. And we, we had a whole record done a record called feel free. that oh. was very much in this other way. It was just cosmic acid jams. It's totally our it's own, like, like our, wet basement like our very, very soaking <laughs> wet basement yep. tapes of, us, of, of doing these jams and, and spawn from the same, that same year that we were just like, well, oh, we're doing this now. And we were just, we put everything into, now we're going to mix this three-hour concert and and put this whole thing together. And, like, I, it just felt like there was a story to be told and something that we had to do, just like anything we've done, where it was just like, I couldn't tell you why, but we just got to do it. And, you know, circumstance kind of went into play. Things in our lives took over just – you know what the thing about music is and, and you you see this in the band's history too you know they had life happen and life yeah. when things in life happen outside it in it definitely puts you on a trajectory of your career and your and what you're doing as a band because we just got in a circumstance where well we after that show didn't play together for um eight months, sure. like nine months. yeah really yeah look up <laughs> because we had a, a, a family crisis uh we had tours happen that just synchronicity in a way and then yeah, we then once we right. got to four months and then five months i remember there was a moment we we're just like this is insane we have not played you know we have not played we literally had something happen like that night and a, a personal you know matter that happened that like then all of a sudden it we had to put the band on pause we had to, sure we had to Stop. And we literally were like, this could have been our last show. A lot of people we knew who were our friends thought, wait, was that your guys' last show too? Like, you guys mm. are done? Yeah, people yeah. that didn't know, the, there was a lot of confusion of people <laughs> that thought they didn't know the last waltz, so they thought that it was our last show as a band. <laughs> yeah. So it made a lot of 
appears to think like, oh, you guys are breaking up right here. Like, it's your last show. And I'm like, what? No, it's the opposite. We're doing the, yeah. yeah. Sure, sure. That's crazy. Well, yeah. Is it, uh, that was like, it was kind of sad that we only did the one show back then. So we rehearsed yeah. for three months. We did yep. the one show. And then we didn't play those songs again. Yeah. We were mm. so tired. It was so good. And I was like, oh, man, that'd be fun to do Life is a Carnival again. But hence why we recorded it and documented it. And even like we videoed it, and then we did our own very much big applaud and homage to Scorsese mm-hmm. about us doing the show. And we throw in our Easter eggs, which is on YouTube. You can watch it, and yeah. it's like all around that show. And it was like, you know, I, I personally, I never wanted to play that show again. I was like, I died that night. <laughs> there was a company that died, and I don't think I could ever pull myself to gee so much leave on home ever again and i was okay with that and we documented it and we videoed it and we made a thing about it but at the same time now five five something plus years later we've come back around to it and it's like the calling it was never going to leave us like yeah. it's, it's this thing where we have to do this thing now. so exactly tell me about, <laughs> tell me about that so you guys that's a great way of putting it. That's a, that's a perfect, you kind of gave me my question there. It's like, you've come back it, you're, you're, you're very much in this band sphere again. Um, you're working on going on the road and taking the music from the band on the road, 2022. It must be exciting. First of all, because linking up everything post COVID getting back on the road, I'm sure that's what you guys like to do. That's what most musicians like to do really go and, travel around play the music meet new people but also it's with the, with the band this time as well tell me a little bit about those plans and why you've decided to do it now especially after you know dying inside and how it was so difficult to the first time it's not easy to do like why all of those things now well it's funny it, i mean we're really just we took the needle off the, we took the stylus off the turntable sure. and now we're putting it back on the record because <laughs> in 2020 we had a whole tour planned out that was every Sunday we were performing our show which is called Music from the Band yep. and we were doing a great set of because we, we, had we had come to this consensus so after not playing together for nine months we were like we are never taking a break again which is also <laughs> a part of what pushed us through the pandemic of like Right. So we literally spent from 2000 now 18. We toured. We we finished up this documentary. 2019, the record. We we pressed this thing to vinyl. We finished this documentary, which we then after the after this we compiled footage we'd had since 2012. Since of of that we were very fortunate. Our great friend Andrew Hughes, um, who's been document like working with us, documenting us, been a part of our lives, been been. Blake's friend has been has known Blake since they were a kid. Um, put worked on this documentary with us and had been cataloging all these crazy adventures. We get to 2019, we put out this thing, uh, and then we're like, "All right, we're now to the summer August 2000, 2019. We're gonna go take the band's music on the road." And we we're like, logistically, like at the time to do the last waltz on the road seem like a lot of variables sure right? you got a lot you got a circus people you got guests you got it's just a big show it's a big production um and we saw well we can go on the road and we can still play the band's music and you know what i bet there's going to be people out there that want to hear just the band's music we all loved 
I mean, part of the thing Lost Worlds is it's those songs. Mm-hmm. And we kept very much like, we're going to play, if we're going to play Lost Worlds, we're playing that material. We're not playing that. But there's, in the band's catalog, that leaves out, like, just amazing songs that are, are a part of that that we saw, like, well, wow, here's a great opportunity for us to get to uh, embrace band, other like-minded fans of the band, uh, connect with this music. We, we found, always, we've been a band to cover songs. We sure. love covering other artists' songs. So it's a great conversation. All of a sudden, when you can speak the same language with somebody, it makes it a lot easier to go than have a drink, you know? Yeah. Or so we're going to do whatever. So we saw in 2020, we were going to take the band's music on the road and do these shows where we were opening up for, we were opening up uh, for ourselves. For ourselves. We were doing basically an, <laughs> e- an evening with Mrs. Henry where we would play an opening set of our own original music because, you know, we just like the band write our own music. We have yeah. our own songs. We want everyone on this earth and out in the stars and the universe to know about our own music and um this band we see the band as a great way to start a conversation and um you know kind of you know like i said say that first you know have have a conversation speaking the same language and then be like oh you know here's a little bit more about us but we're doing an opening set of the band or an opening set of our own original music and then doing a review of the band's music and on the tour we had which was uh, starting March 15th, 2020, <laughs> uh, and ending April 6th in okay. at the chapel in San Francisco. Um, we had every Sunday we were playing this show, and then we were playing original shows up and down in all towns in between, Seattle, uh, Oregon, Bellingham. We had our show music from the band was going to be in Bellingham. It was going to be in oh, where else? Sacramento, I think. Um, and then it was going to be in San Francisco. Printed shirts, made for yeah, made by spent you know, had a bus, yeah, <laughs> had a had a whole thing, the whole nine hours, literally had our tour manager, everything wow. ready to go. Already started selling tickets uh, in for U.S. for a U.S. tour we were going to do. Um, we were going to go to Maine, Portland, Maine. We we're going to go Richmond, Virginia, New York. We had a show in the works for the Brooklyn Bowl, um, where we were going to be doing a ninety-minute set of band, and that we had a the Shapiro, who runs the uh, Brooklyn Bowl out there with Relics Magazine, they love what we did. We got to do a great thing with Relics Magazine at the end of 2019, um, just uh, getting into that family, and uh, and then the pandemic happened. Right. And literally played one show, music from the band barely at the Wayfair. Barely played that one. Yeah, show. barely got by. We asked them, like, "You guys cool with this?" Like, yeah, well, we're down. Yeah, we're down. We're down. Right. Everyone else, <laughs> they're shutting up. Down on our week, drive up on our drive up is when they announced like everybody needs to go home now tomorrow everything is closing do not so go out do not yeah. go out oh, to shows so we're literally like telling people online you know come out to our show tonight and they're like do not go leave the house, <laughs> leave the house. and we're like but what about our show that yeah. whole bleach your shoes period yeah. yeah that's rock and roll though fuck it right um uh, Exactly. Yeah, we so, went down. We go down with the ship. That was a yeah. Show. So we played that show, you know, thinking like, is this the last show we're ever going to play? Like, let's. And we're playing our music from the band. Once so again, gonna... playing the band's music, we get put in this situation. Of, is this the last <laughs> show we're going to play again. So, so we, we. Yeah. We what's paused. that? What's that like though? Like you pause. You pause now. It's a big production, like you're saying. Well, and you have to. Sorry. No. Go ahead. We're at this point too. We have. We have this incredibly pulled back bow 
and then the target disappears. Like, okay, 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 let's put it online. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's where we did this with the medicine show that kind of stemmed from. Exactly, yeah. So we learned all those songs, we went home, and then basically videoed and, and recorded ourselves playing these songs and thought, well, we got we've got footage and the rehearsal hours in us. Mm. Let's just put it out as content. And and the very first episode of the medicine show it starts with us playing uh, Walcott's, Walcott's message. Uh, yeah. And yeah. the power goes out and that was not planned, but we right. worked it into the medicine show episode and then it all goes from there. And so what we did is like, we took, well, we did all this rehearsal time and work. Let's, let's record it and at least put it out as like social media footage like, that we can keep going. Yeah. Fast but then before it, they say we can't agree on the It freeway. turned into yeah. this beautiful, like, you know, online content that we were still able to bring art and like, medicine to people which was our whole concept and ironically pulled the band in with walcott's medicine show it was mrs henry's medicine show and at the time no one knew what the hell was happening so we're like well we're gonna bring some funny yeah. you know get some funny vibes to you via us literally talking to each other on our cell phones recording into like pro tools or logic and then syncing those up via blake's mind of editing <laughs> Poor man had to produce and edit three, four different audio lines together and then green screen one monkey in in four layers. In four layers to equal up and then sync up all of our vocal content. But my point is, I guess, we did that all via the band's medicine, which is from the medicine show, because we couldn't go on this tour. So, like, we didn't let it stop us. We took what we were going to do on the road and then we brought it out into the world and, in another format. And weirdly enough, in that message show, it, that whole experience is kind of echoed loosely and very much tongue-in-cheek of that experience of being, you know, I can't think of the proper term without saying square words, but we're being blocked by doing what we actually want to do. Yeah. And uh, at the other time, too, it's hard to, like, looking back now, it's weird to, like, really tap our heads into what the culture was because people were getting so antsy and stir-crazy at home and cabin fever. It became all about these weird little vaudeville of the of the web. Yeah, people yeah. were doing weird little things and people being creative. And so we also a section of each episode we wanted to have a hub that kind of like celebrated that people were since you couldn't go outside because the sky was falling, they people were making like weird little performances and weird little videos and stuff. And so we wanted to introduce that, showcase that. So and it was like two weeks after shutdown, we got yeah. the first episode out. Really? It was yeah, the end it was of March. Too- because we recorded March, it, we put out the first episode, yeah, the, the, which is over sixty minutes. I yeah. think like, our first, it's a yeah, our first. So the first and last show of the tour was March fifteenth. Uh, March nineteenth was when we filmed our entire set of the band. We we set up the stage in in our 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 space in Otai, our bunker in Otai. Set up the stage, put up the lights, recorded our entire set. We did, like which fast. was an hour and forty five minutes. So we were literally like. We have to just do it all live because they were and, shutting down borders and stuff. Yeah, we weren't yeah. sure how much yeah. at that time. We weren't sure how much it was going to be like. You can't leave your house. Yeah. Martial law. It was all like kind of fury stuff. Sure. We had to set it up. My yeah. wife hated me for doing this because she's like <laughs> the world. Like she's like people are going. Man, you guys are want to get together the last day and record this. Are you out of your minds? Yeah. And we we're like, yes, we are. Yes, we are. Right. <laughs> it's like trying to record, like do a concert in the movie Outbreak with the offense. <laughs> Like, try yep. to throw in a concert in the middle of that. Oh, it's probably not the best dialogue. Like, what can I do, though? Yeah. That's crazy. So, 
it's also awesome though you know the the dedication the creativity there all of all of that stuff now you're now you can you can freely tour again what what are what are some of the expectations what are you bringing to it is anything changed from the first time you guys were going to do it and where are you guys hitting up so the audience can know where to check you guys out well so what's changed is we've you know and through doing this last world performance again so in this year of 2021 we performed the last walls concert mm-hmm. uh, four years after we did the, for the 45th anniversary of the last walls um but i believe it put some wind uh under our sails behind our sails however you say it um and uh really we got that wow all right we we've got this it's funny to do something the second time around uh you know got to sink in a little bit more into the songs, got to breathe a little bit more on the stage. Um, but we saw, wow, we can actually take the last waltz or something like this. And it's not actually, it's not as terrifying as it was the first time we ever did it. Not so many logistics. We kind of understand just like anything, what went right, do that again. And what yeah. went wrong, don't do that again. Um, so we've seen, wow, well, going into 2020, we want to take every opportunity we can to perform um, and this show is just something we love to do. Like, I mean, we love the music. They're great songs. It's a great, uh, I mean, these are amazing songs to play. Like we said, we've always loved to play uh, music, whether that's our music, uh, music of the band, uh, music of other artists that we admire um, and are inspired by. And so going forward into 2020, we're going to be doing, or 2022, <laughs> Sorry, not going back into 2020. <laughs> no one's going back into 2020. But going into 2022, uh, we're very excited to bring the, uh, the show Music from the Band uh, to audiences. And our first two shows back are going to be um, February 4th at Moe's Alley in Santa Cruz and February 5th at the Chapel in San Francisco. Awesome. And uh, we're very excited to go to do our first show together um, at the Chapel as that was supposed to be our Last, finale yeah. of our 2020 tour. And the chapel is an amazing event. It's a very, I've played there. I've had a chance to play there a few times with Alan and rain. Um, and uh, it's just an amazing event. We're doing this all with Folkia presents, which is a great company. They're putting on amazing shows um, in Southern California. They've done some in New York. They're doing a lot in California, a lot of, of, of shows here. And uh, they do a great job with the promotion and just a great company to work with that I've worked with before with, with Helen Rain. Um, but for these shows, um, what's actually going to be very unique about them is we're going to do these shows with the horn section awesome. that we've been playing with. So, yeah, on the first show, the leader of the horn section was a gentleman by the name of Jesse Adello, who... We can't. We couldn't have done the show without this guy. He arranged. He arranged all the horns, uh, the horns, which is a, a three-piece, a four-piece now with the sousaphone. And um, Aaron, who plays, his name is Aaron Graggs. He is a sousaphone player. Sure. Um, in the first time we ever did this performance, the last waltz, and also in this most recent one, they have a group called Fresh Veggies Micro Brass, and um, they actually started their own original band um this year really yeah it was wow. this year that's an incredible yeah show. amazing amazing group and these guys these horn section they are a band themselves these guys are total total characters into themselves and their first time 
being a band together. Sure. Um, before this, they were part. It was the trombone player who's Fleming um, was in a group with Jesse Adele called the Surefire Soul Ensemble, and then they and then Aaron Graggs, who plays sousaphone, would come and play with them here and there. And there was another trumpet player on the first show. His name was Bill uh, Caballero. And for this show, we had Mark Green, who is a tremendous trumpet player. And uh, this crew is going to be joining us for our shows. And we're really excited because uh, to us, I, I, I mean, I, may I speak for all of us, playing with the horns in a mm. horn section is just like this next level of like yeah. music. And what's great, I mean, the band, there's the classic album, Rock of Ages, yep. where I think that's the first time they ever did that. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, and I was just listening to that concert the other day, and I was hearing Robbie say, oh, we're going to try something. <laughs> they rip it and they don't do it. I mean, that concert's like a masterpiece. And obviously, it's Alan Toussaint's yep. uh, arrangements on it. And um, yeah, we can't wait to do that. And, you know, as the first time we were going to go take this out on the road, it was just going to be us four. And then we were going to do a show in San Diego with the horn section. But now we're excited of being able to do this one with the horn section. And um, we're going to do the same thing as we had planned for the first time around, where we're going to have an opening set of our own original music. We're actually going to have a set. We're going to play maybe a song or two together. And then we're going to play the, you know, the entire song. So probably awesome. we're going to we're going to play a, a few songs. They're going to come on and play a few songs on their own. We're going to play songs together. Then they're going to leave and we're going to play the four songs that we're going to play or we're going to play just the four of us and do songs as a band. So we're going to, you know, and that's, you know, I, I don't know which one, I don't know what we're going to start off with yet, but you know, there's some songs on there, like, you know, tears of rage. That's a must to me that Jody sings tears of rage. And that's nice. one of my favorite songs. And obviously that's a song that's not on last waltz, no, but yeah. it's such an iconic song. It's the entrance to the band. Yeah. You pick up music from big pink put the needle on that's you it. Hear the, and that's yeah. it that's what you hear so yeah it's a really really special song and there's so many gems i mean so many gems from even some of the covers that they would do that we're gonna uh bring into this because obviously there's the band doing covers of songs it's a whole thing they have a whole cover record sure talk yeah. about a band that played covers more than probably any other band played covers was the band they yeah, played, killed it you know, too eh yeah yeah it's that's that's awesome. Where can guys, where can guys and gals, uh, find out more about, uh, <laughs> find out more about this? Uh, do you guys have uh, like a web page or something on social where people can check this out? And um, or or because okay, this I'll edit this part out, but we'll talk about when we'll release the episode. That way we can maximize the promotion and everything. But will will there be some place that people like what what's the best place for people to kind of like get more information about this absolutely um on our website mrshenry.com um there's yet there's a actually a, sec a section we're making that just says music from the band you know click that and it's gonna have our documentary on there it's gonna have you know articles about what we're doing i'd love for the pod this podcast to be a link on there and just it's gonna be focused on that exactly right the title music from the band and uh and you can read about us. You can read about us as individuals. Um, MrsHenry.com. You can follow us at MrsHenryRocks. Um, and that's on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. Um, and on YouTube, uh, we've got a whole page where we're, we're, we're going to be actually putting up some of our um, 
kind of live in studio performances of like Tears of Rage, Lookout Cleveland, King Harvest that we had recorded in the Medicine Show that will be on our YouTube page too. So lots of fun stuff on our YouTube page along with our documentary about the lives. Awesome. Well, I want to say thank you guys. Um, this is one of the reasons why I do the podcast um, is to really highlight and connect and talk to folks who are continuing along the legacy of the band, you know, some 50 plus years later, since it all started, there are people uh, in our generation, folks younger, just discovering the band for the first time. And all of this kind of helps aid that and continue that. And uh, I'm sure all the guys, uh, ones still living and the ones past would kind of appreciate that their music is still so cherished by, uh, by everybody. Um, so thanks again for doing this and make sure you guys, um, check them out. I will do a postscript thing with all links in the bio to this episode and everything like that as well. But, uh, thanks you guys for coming on. Yeah, thank, you. thank you so much. And, and thank you for the work that you do as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. For listening to the band a history i really hope you enjoyed my interview with mrs henry you can catch out more information about what's going on with them at their website uh at mrs that's m-r-s henry.com you can also follow them on social media to learn more about their tour dates they've got uh, san diego april 9th they've got san francisco april 28th and they're L in la may 1st and you can keep up there on their socials about what's happening with their great uh, performances and shows music from the band and before we kind of do some housekeeping and some social media and everything for the podcast i want to talk about my sponsor for today and that is better help i i agreed to talk about better help because i truly believe that if a resource like this was around for the band and specifically somebody like richard manuel a lot less pain and suffering would have occurred the good news is that therapy works. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of, of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. And a special offer to the band of history listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash the band. That's betterhelp.com slash the band. Thank you again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. And I really mean it, guys. I don't do sponsor pieces unless I really honestly believe that it's something that the listeners of this show um, would get something from. So thank you to BetterHelp. Uh, regardless, if you want to follow along with the Band of History online, you can do so by finding us anywhere at The Band Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, if you're interested in becoming a supporter of the show uh, monetarily, 
and want to get a lot of great bonus contents, articles, things from the archives, etc., you can do so at patreon.com slash thebandahistory. I want to thank everybody um, so far this year. Uh, the podcast has been doing extremely well. We have a lot of great, interesting things in store for you guys. So stay tuned, and we'll catch you on the next one. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.